0: What then if I am not being persecuted? The reward of those who are insulted, those who are persecuted, reviled, is great. Where does that leave us who are so blessed with the gifts of freedom and the privileges that we enjoy?
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And so, Colin, that brings out a natural question. If being persecuted leads to great reward, and I'm not being persecuted, but I want to be rewarded. Should I go and get myself persecuted?
0: <laughs> you know, and that's a very easy thing to do, by the way. You know, be an obnoxious person and you will be persecuted. <laughs> There's not much reward for that. You know, here's the truth, that a faithful following after Christ will bring its own cost.
1: And uh, that's a principle that's everywhere in the Bible. Well, it is. But then you posed another question just a moment ago. So where does that leave us if we're not experiencing great persecution? And I think the answer to that is
0: following after Christ will bring its cost. Hmm. Now, overt persecution may not be the best way to describe it, but there will be pressures that will come in every life of faithful obedience. Of course, one of the ways of avoiding that is whenever you come to trouble, you just move on. Oh, it's difficult in the church. I'll go get another church. Well, then you're not going to have much cost, but then you're not being very faithful at that point. You're just moving away from the problem all the time. Whereas someone who is faithful to the calling of Christ and says, I'm going to endure in this problem. I'm going to stay with this difficult relationship. Well, now then there's
1: going to be a cost. And then there's going to be a reward. And with that introduction, let's get right to today's teaching. We're taking a look at the second half of the message, what to do when you're not being persecuted. Here's Pastor Colin.
0: One of the easiest ways to avoid pain, difficulty and opposition in life is simply to move on whenever it appears. And our culture makes it very easy for us to do that. Some Christians remain spiritual infants because they have formed the habit of always taking the easier path. One thing that our culture offers more than any other culture in the world is choice. I and mean, just look at the number of choices. A toothpaste you've got in the grocery store. How do you get around the grocery store with these endless choices, you know? Choice of everything. And uh, choice of doctors, choice of churches, choices. And so it goes on. Now, of course, this is a great blessing, but here's the problem that comes with it. Living in a choice culture, if I experience difficulty in one place, it becomes very easy for me to move to another. That is true with regards to our work. I can quit my work. I can go and find another place to work. Uh, In a culture that's geared to comfort and to convenience, it's easy to form the habit of always choosing the easiest path. And friends, let me use a phrase that is often heard in these wonderful suburbs where we live. I've got to do what's best for me and my family. Now, the problem with that is because a very understandable phrase, I've certainly said it, and I'm sure every parent has, what's best for me and my family often turns out actually to mean what's easiest for me. And my family. And the problem is that what's easiest for me and my family is not always what's best for me and for my family. I will tell you that the deepest impressions that have ever been made in my life by my own father were his tenacity in sticking at it through a period of unbearable difficulty in his work as a policeman, shaped me. I'll tell you, the deepest impressions that I believe have been made in the lives of my own sons have come through the toughest things we have faced, and most of them are things that we could have avoided if we chose to, and we're tempted to do so. Now, that raises another question, and here I want to share what I've learned from uh, John Bunyan with you are there ever times when we should try to escape persecution? Is it sometimes the right thing to take the easier path? And if so, how would you know when it is the right time to do this? Now, these are the really, really practical questions. Going back to the personal example that I used uh, this morning, when your kids experience opposition at school because they are not Christians, um, should we have taken our son out of the program? That's the question, and that's a real, real question for many of you. Here you are, you may be in a situation where you are working in an environment that becomes very dark, very hostile, very hard. It's a grinding thing for you to go to work these days, and and you find it extremely difficult. And the the question is, well, now, there is an easier route, and you could take it, you could do something that's not going to be as hard as this. At what point should you make that choice? Should I stay or should I go? This applies in, in a thousand examples of real choices that all of us are faced with often. And this is where I found such great help from John Bunyan. He wrote um, a book, it's it's quite long, it's called Seasonable Counsels or Advice for Sufferers. So, this is, here is the man who has gone to prison for 12 years, and he's done it because uh, he's been preaching and he refuses not to preach uh, at a time where it was against the law for him to do this. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to be out in the open air. He could still have been a faithful Christian, but he insisted on preaching, and so he was arrested. And uh, let me just read you a couple of quotes here um, uh, that you might enjoy. Try and picture this. Bunyan arrives, you know, he's been preaching at the open air meeting. Out he goes. He arrives at the, um, at the court. He's brought out before the judge, and he says, I quote, "'I offered security,' bail,' To appear at the next session. But the judge threw me into jail because those who were ready to make up the bond for me would not agree to be bound that I would preach no more to the people. (laughs) You see? (laughs) Now you imagine it John Bunyan's your pastor, and you say, well, let's have a whip round, we'll get bail for him. And then the judge says to you now, you realize that if he preaches, you'll lose your bail money. He's going to preach. Forget it. We're not doing bail for him. So, um, they knew him well, and they were absolutely right. So, off he goes to the jail, and when the time comes for his trial, you know, the judge actually said to Bunyan, if I let you go, will you commit not to preach? And Bunyan said to him, I mean, how's this for character? He said, if you let me go today, I'll be preaching tomorrow. So, he went to prison for 12 years. Now, you might expect that a man with that kind of courage, writing from his cell, would call others always to take the hardest path. I mean, I'm trying to imagine myself in that situation. I <laughs> think I'm in jail. You should all be in jail. I think the whole congregation should be in jail, actually. I mean, why should it just be me? You know, I I think that's a confession. Sorry, it's Sunday evening. But uh, um, when Bunyan writes, his counsel is wonderfully tender and spiritually wise, and I will go on using this. He notes what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Did you remember what he says yet? Uh, next. So be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. So Christ does not say, look, the world's going to tear you apart. That's what's meant by you're going out as sheep among wolves. That's what wolves do. They tear you apart. Jesus does not say the world is going to tear you apart, so go out and let them do it. Jesus says the wolves want to tear you apart, so you had better be as wise as serpent. From this, Bunyan concludes, and I quote, A man is not bound by the law of the Lord to put himself into the mouth of his enemy. Christ withdrew himself. Paul escaped the governor's hands by being let down in a basket over the wall of the city. And Christ has said, if they persecute you in one city flee to another. That's Matthew chapter 10 and verse 23. So, what he is saying is that there is actually biblical warrant for taking an easier path. Paul came out of a city in which there was great violence being led out of the city by a basket. He did that. It was not a time for him to, to lay down his life. The question then is, how do you know when you should stand. And how do you know when, to use Bunyan's word, you should fly? In other words, move to another situation, make a change. This is very practical. And this is what he says, quote, "'You may do in this even as it is in your heart. If it is in your heart to fly, fly. If it is in your heart to stand, stand.' anything but a denial of the truth. He that flies has warrant to do so. In other words, the Bible gives you a basis for doing that, Matthew chapter 10 and verse uh, 23. He that flies has warrant to do so, and he that stands has warrant to do so. In fact, he says, the same man may at different times fly and stand as the call and working of God in his heart may be. And he gives examples with scriptures that go with them. Moses fled. Moses stood. David fled. David stood. Jeremiah fled. Jeremiah stood. Christ withdrew himself. Christ stood. Paul fled. Paul stood. He concludes, there are therefore few rules in this case. The man himself is best able to judge, and here's now the two criteria, his present strength, the man himself is best able to judge his present strength, and what weight this or that argument has Upon his heart to stand or to fly. So here's our son in high school, and he's getting a rough time. And we're going to have to make a decision stand or fly. Make a change, allow the situation for him to stand and support him in that. Which should we do? And Bunyan says there isn't a rule on that, each person knows best in regards to their own heart. In other words, he says this is a matter of Christian liberty. That's huge in and of itself. But here's what you should look for. Each man knows in his own heart regarding his present strength. So, in other words, you would look at what effect is this having on your son? Is it causing him to rise? Is it tending to overwhelm him? And you'll make a decision in the light of that. And then the second criteria, what does he say? What weight this or that argument has upon his heart to stand or to fly? uh, Because you have biblical warrant for either in this situation. And uh, what would that mean? In it would mean, what does he really want to do? What does he really want to do? Now, isn't that just freeing biblical common sense wisdom? And to see that rooted in the Scriptures has been immensely helpful. And he ends by saying this, only if you choose to fly, never fly out of slavish fear, but because of the ordinance of God, in other words, that God has given you a warrant to do this and to make a change and to do so thankfully. And to do so with
1: peace. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called What to Do When You're Not Being Persecuted. We'll hear more in just a moment. If you ever miss a broadcast or would like to listen again, just go to the website openthebible.org.uk. You're able to tune in each day to hear Pastor Colin's teaching because of the generosity of listeners just like you. The team are thankful for the many of you who have shown support through giving. And this month they have something new and exciting to offer as they continue to make a number of changes on the website and that includes an easier way for you to give. Visit the website at openthebible.org.uk and as a token of their appreciation for your financial support they have a special gift to send you. It's Pastor Collins' latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World. And Colin, why did you write this book?
0: Well, you know, it's amazing how often six hours can come and go. They just fly by without anything of real consequence actually happening. But one Friday, about 2,000 years ago, there were six hours that really did change the world. Jesus hung on the cross for six hours, and through what he accomplished on the cross the lives of millions and the eternities of millions of people have been changed forever. And uh, the cross, of course, is at the very heart of the Christian faith. And I wrote this book so that you can see what it was that Jesus accomplished on the cross and how everything is different
1: because of it for all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they'd like to send you this book, Six Hours That Changed the World. It's a gift to show their appreciation for your support of Open the Bible. Just go to the website, openthebible.org.uk and set up a regular donation of at least £5 a month to receive your free copy. Again, that website, openthebible.org.uk If you happen to join us late, we're in the book of Matthew chapter 5, looking at verses 10 through 12 today, as we continue What to do when you are not being persecuted. Again, here is Pastor
0: Colin what to do if you are are not persecuted. Uh, We want to be so thankful for the gifts of God that have been trusted to our hands, do all that we can to protect them and indeed to uh, uh, defend them. We want to remember those who are persecuted and imprisoned. We want to make very sure that we are doing right and that the reason we're not experiencing difficulties isn't simply that we've hidden our light under a A basket, as it were. We want to make sure that we are persevering and not simply always taking the easier route of avoidance. And here's the last stretch yourself in costly obedience. In other words, friends, there is more than one way to live a costly life. Persecution imposes cost from the outside. But if God allows me the blessing of living with unusual peace and freedom, which He is giving us that blessing right now, then we can use that freedom to choose to live a costly life. There's more than one way of living a costly life. Persecution imposes it from the outside. But if Jesus Christ should give to us today in America the blessing of peace and of freedom that has been given to such a small percentage of our brothers and sisters in the entire history of the Christian faith, we could choose to use that freedom for the purpose of living a costly life for the sake of Christ. That is what Jesus Himself did. Remember how He says it, nobody takes my life from me. I choose to lay it down. In other words, whatever happened with the guards and the folks who thought that they had power over him, they did not have power over him except that he gave himself into their hands. Could have called 10,000 angels. No, I choose to lay it down. It comes from within. I'm the one who is laying down my life in this costly sacrifice out of love for the Father and for the gospel, for there to be a gospel that then can be taken to the world. Now, if no one takes my life from me, I want at least in the presence of Jesus to be able to say that I chose to lay it down at the feet of Jesus as a living sacrifice that the life that was not taken, the life that is being given right now, is a life that is laid at the feet of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I don't want to be meeting the Savior, do you, on the last day, knowing that He gave everything for me and feeling that I actually gave relatively little for Him. So, in the light of this theme, I want to respond to the blessings and the freedoms that I have by stretching myself in every way possible in costly obedience. And friends, I want us to be that kind of church, right? What a travesty for those who are most blessed end up doing least. What a tragedy that would be. And this is why I said this morning that fasting and giving and serving and risking are so important for our spiritual health. If others who are my brothers and sisters in Christ have their goods taken, their livelihoods removed, then I, who have a salary, can release a generous proportion of mine freely and lay it at the feet of Jesus. If others who are my brothers and sisters in Christ are in prison, tomorrow, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. And I am free for these five days. I can offer every one of these five days and the freedom that I have in them with all the strength that God gives me to extend myself without complaint for the sake of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has given me so much more than I deserve. And if, brothers and sisters, In Christ, my brothers and sisters, some of them this week are exhausted with beatings and with torture. I can press through the tiredness and the discouragement that I often feel and find the strength to go on in what God has called me to do, and so can you. That's what i got to do when I'm not being persecuted. I end with this, and then we'll sing a song and we'll be gone. Joseph Parker, preacher in London over a hundred years ago, spoke about the occasion when Thomas was doubting the reality of the risen Lord Jesus. And you remember what he said? Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hand, I will not believe. And Joseph Parker said this, what Thomas said of Christ, the unbelieving world today is saying of the church, unless we seek The marks of the nail prints in your hands we will not believe.
1: Well a great way to conclude the message today, what to do when you're not being persecuted, and to close the series Momentum, how to make progress in the Christian life. And if you missed any of the messages in the series you can always go back and listen to this study of the Beatitudes where we looked at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. Stream the teaching when you go to openthebible.org.uk Open the Bible is able to stay on Premier Christian Radio each day because of your financial support. And this month they have something new and exciting to offer as they continue to make a number of changes on the website and that includes an easier way for you to give. Visit the website at openthebible.org. Dot org. UK. And as a token of their appreciation for your financial support, they have a special gift to send you. It's Pastor Colin's latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World. And Colin, how could you see someone using this book? Well, the six hours that changed the world, of course, are the six hours that Jesus was
0: hanging on the cross. And during that time, he spoke seven times. And each time he spoke, he gave an insight into what he was actually doing On the cross. So, one way in which this book could be used is that you could read one of the sections in each of the seven days leading up to Easter. And that would take you into the heart of what Jesus was doing on the cross, what he accomplished, why he was there, and what difference it makes for you. And for families, this would be very simple. It would take about five minutes to read one of these sections. You could do that each day in the week leading up to Easter, and it would really help all of your family to see what it was that Jesus accomplished on the cross and why it changes
1: everything for all who believe. The book is called Six Hours That Changed the World, and they're excited to be able to offer this to you in appreciation for your support. For setting up a regular donation of at least £5 a month, they'll send you a free copy of the book as a special thank you gift. Learn more when you go to the website openthebible.org.uk Again that's openthebible.org.uk Are you drifting away from your Christian faith? Or do you know someone who is drifting away from Christ? Then you don't want to miss the next Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith as he encourages us from the story of Judas Iscariot. We begin the dramatic audio series, Heaven, So Near, So Far, the story of Judas Iscariot, next time on Open the Bible.